0: Thank you, everybody, for coming along on Saturday evening for church and just changing up your week and your your rhythm. I must admit, as a, a tri-vocational volunteer speaker at church, the you come to rely on the Saturday night to get the, the final creators out. Uh, so the, the the rhythm of the week uh, has been, a, you know, a bit broken up, and I'm sure. Everybody else that helped us uh, set up and met with us during the week um, has felt that as well. So a big thank you to everybody who helped set up today, did extra effort with bringing food, preparing food, drinks, yeah. all of those things that are pretty key uh, to making this work. Um, and yes, we'll enjoy tomorrow. The, the, the plans for tomorrow are open. But they start with in and then we'll we'll figure we'll it out from there. That's if a dog and the children let us sleep in. So you know, we we aspire to such things. Um, so we've got a great opportunity today. Um, am I echoing you a little bit? Kind of ringing, Whee! yeah. Cool. How's that? Got me. Uh, gathering around tables as we share in food. Uh, We've worshipped together and uh, we've had some time in prayer. Uh, And I've got some thoughts on that table that I'd like to share with you before we're going to take communion, if you kind of put two and two together. Uh, We're going to take communion together in a few minutes uh, and then hear about what our small community gatherings look like for C3 and all in 2024. So I want to start off with Psalm, Psalm 23, popular one. Uh, amazing one, that the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my dancing. Strobes. He refreshes my soul. So with the strobe going off, I'm just having flashbacks to when I thought I was cool. (laughs) The stroke, those home strobe lights at parties and you're like, yeah, getting all the moves and I kind of remember the DJs and the music that we thought we were cool. Uh, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you, Wispy. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, And here, so that might be familiar to, to most of us. So David is portraying God as a shepherd, but here, then in verse five, he switches to portraying him as a host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Focusing on the first part of verse five, you prepare a table before me the presence of my enemies. This is important and it's in the uh, culture of the time. uh, Hospitality in the ancient Near East required more than providing a meal. Um, You might have heard that verse and dwelt on it about having a table before presence of enemies and going, cool, God's going to look after me when, you know, there's there's bad things going on and almost like, nah, 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 like, you know, right, right in the face of the enemies. But, he comes from a hospitality culture where the host was responsible for protecting his guests, and that kind of cultural belief actually still exists in some parts of the world today. Has anyone seen the 2013 war movie, as Lone Survivor, with uh, Mark Wahlberg? It's it's a bit of a niche. Like, yeah, it's kind of brutal war movie. So if that's not your niche, then uh, you wouldn't have seen it. But what we see is the portrayal of a Navy SEAL team. Mark Wahlberg is the lone survivor. Uh, big giveaway. Uh, he, but he ultimately, uh, spoiler alert, he's the last one left. And he is then protected by a Pashtun tribe uh, being protected and sheltered away from the Taliban. Uh, so in Afghanistan, uh, and the Pashtun tribe are in Afghanistan and Pakistan, kind of across the border regions and in the mountains. And the Taliban were chasing them down and, and found them and tracked them to the village. But the Pashtun tribe uh, protected him and kept the Taliban away until uh, support and rescue came for him. It's a traditional code of honour for the Pashtun tribe and people. Uh, protecting a guest in their house is through the provision of hospitality and safe passage or asylum. And so in Psalm, since David as a guest is enjoying God's protection, he too can eat safely in the presence of his enemies. Boner, ha ha, look at me, but just knowing he's got the safety and security because the host is too bound to protect him. Then you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. A host customarily anoints his guest's heads with oil as they entered to eat this emphasizes god's generosity as a host providing more than david's needs yeah with god as a shepherd and as a host david is confident and carries through the psalm that he will be protected by god's unfailing love so the table is prepared and in other translations the feast is prepared it's in the presence of the enemies The table is hosted, therefore it is protected. And he is anointed because he's provided more than his immediate needs. And then the ultimate goal and the outcome of this shepherding and this hosting is that it would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And in the message uh, version of verse 6, Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. And that's the beauty of Jesus' table. The end result is that we are living with him for all our days and into eternity. And the invitation is for all, it's for everybody, for everyone, everywhere. In the Gospels we see Jesus eating with outcasts, with the forgotten, the poor. He fed the hungry, healed the sick, freed the oppressed. His grace knew no bounds and his love no limits. He called people to come to him. That truth still stands today. Because at Jesus' table, represented here, all are welcomed. Please. And represented at these tables that we have in front of us. This table of Jesus is for everyone, regardless of age, stage, nation, tongue. It is one that is readily extended and where an extra chair is prepared in advance for the one who humbly desires to join. There is no sin too big, no gap too large. Jesus just wants us to come to him, with all we have, just as we are. All are welcome because he died and rose for all. He's creating space at the table and saying, Come to me. Luke 22.15, he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And the yoke is symbolic of the teaching and the weight and the expectation of what their lifestyle and, and teaching are carried and put upon a person, as well as the physical representation. That's what it means in the cultural and spiritual sense. The yoke, the teaching, the expectation, the openness... What Jesus provides, he says, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls with this yoke. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This invitation uh, Jesus extends to each of us. The purpose of his coming, death, and resurrection was for us to be seated with him, to know him and to be known by him, to dwell on his presence, to have fellowship with him to share in his sufferings. As we take communion, we remember that, as well as his resurrection power. At his table, he is the host and we are not. He hosts us, he protects us. We do not come to offer him something. We come because he offers us everything. Peace, hope, restoration, protection, courage, healing, Freedom, grace. When you come to Jesus' house, you don't have to bring a plate like we did today. Everything is provided. Every person who sits at his table bears the mark of his presence and is sealed by the Holy Spirit, it says in Ephesians, and the imprint of his company. We find that we are no longer once who we were. we're no longer who we once were. Pride and shame vanished, and our hearts soften. At His table, we commune with Him and are transformed by Him. 2 Corinthians 5:21. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 3:18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." In a moment, we're going to take communion together. Hopefully you've got space for communion and dessert. You should come up, baby. Uh, And yes, I ask the singers to to come forward, join the musicians. And during the song, here we are at tables, sharing together. And there's no particular structure to it. I'm not going to say let's take, eat, drink, uh, do that and then pray. The words of the song are powerful. It's a moment of worship. It's a moment of reflection together. As we are at his table, taking communion together with people in our community. Take it. When you are ready, eat, drink, and give thanks for your place at his table this evening. And if you have never truly made the decision to accept your place at his table, communion and the song is a great opportunity to do so. To make that prayer that invites Jesus to be Lord of your life and to hand over and accept that you cannot bring anything to him, but just to accept him. So I'm going to hand over to the band now I'm going to sing the communion song that's so beautiful and just at any point during the song that I want you to be generous and don't worry with the bread just come and grab, grab a hunk and yeah, enjoy communion uh, the cups are there with the juice and let's just take a moment wherever it so fits to worship to have communion to give thanks for the place that we will have at his table this evening Back. By His alone, we shall be. This is communion. Is this? Excuse me. There's this cool um, thing about the tabernacle where uh, the holy of holies and God's presence was in the Old Testament when they had the tent inside the the first part, and they had uh, this table with what was called the bread of presence, bread of the presence, on it, uh, and it was symbolic of God's Provision again to his people uh, that often in the, the ancient cultures and uh, historical cultures, a sacrifice might come and to be uh, consumed by the god uh, or the deity, and uh, kind of taken. And it's an offering, and it's it's expected to be disposed of, or but the deity is taking care of it. It's the people have to give. To the deity to sustain the deity or sustain the god. Uh, in this case, it's the other way around. It sits in the it sat in the um in the first part of the tent uh, for six days there, just sitting in God's presence, and then on the seventh day, the priests would consume it. It uh, is a symbol of God's provision for His people. That He did things differently, and He always providing at his table and then he's kind of you can kind of make a connection to that to how Jesus was provided for us Uh we don't have to do anything but ultimately Jesus paid the sacrifice for us so that we didn't have to continue in. thank you babe we will move on to the next part where I want to talk more about the table. We've had communion. We've been sitting around tables. Everything's been a bit different this week and tonight. And in Jewish culture, the table symbolized far more than a mere place to sit and dine. Obviously, there's Jesus' table that we've uh, just talked about. But in terms of the culture and in their life, it represented the opportunity to discuss and share history, customs and values, a deep sense of Togetherness, comfort, and most importantly, closeness. It's a sacred space of communion with one another, much in the way that we just shared, having communion, having dinner, and dessert soon. Looking forward to what I hear about dessert. I haven't seen it, but uh, I was thinking just before the service. I mean, I have some chocolate. Pl- plenty of chocolate. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Doug. So the table is a sacred space of communion with one another in which we shared. And today the same stands true at the table. Meals are shared. Stories are told. Culture is shared. Fears are confessed. Comfort is given and prayers are offered. The table represents our intrinsic need to be seen and understood being seated at a table with friends, with family, with neighbors, any table reminds us that there is more to it than food for the body, but rather honey for the soul, honey and food for the soul. Now, gathering together has always been key in our community. So what is Jesus' table? What does the table look like uh, in and Norwood for us? Well, gathering has always been key to how we do church and it's a fundamental I think of most churches that often there's the big gathering but a real community happens when we can spend time together in smaller communities that make up the whole. Acts two forty two, foundational to the connect groups the cell groups who had in the past they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship the breaking of bread into prayer. Acts 2.46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. So over the years, we've gone through special interest groups here at C3Nord. They slightly predate me, uh, but there were some special interest groups here of a Wine Appreciation Group, which uh, was very popular. Uh, And... uh, and Uh, connect groups, uh, was there a cell group stage probably years, like years, years ago when uh, cell groups were kind of the vibe that was going around and then connect groups. Uh, and then in the last five years or so, we've had dinner parties, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Brendan and Kirsty led uh, so well for uh, the last five years or so, kicked us off into that uh, the big transition from connect groups to dinner parties. We've had different styles of gathering, that's the point, but always place an emphasis on gathering. No matter the style, no matter the, the, the vibe or uh, the formalities of, of that gathering. Gathering in small groups is key to how we do community. Now, Carmen and I have taken responsibility of uh, how our small groups look in C3 Norwood. We've discussed with our hosts, our crew, our team, uh, that have been running dinner parties for the last few years. We we had a good chat a couple of weeks ago about the identity and purpose of our gatherings, what they are, uh, and we think the name Tables sums up this new phase we're heading into really nicely. So, from this point, from uh, tw- in 2024, what has been dinner parties will now be known as Tables. It's not a grand replacement. We're not throwing out what has happened in the past and saying, oh, it's rubbish and we can do something better. It's a new phase. It's a new identity. Uh, As community, we grow and evolve and things change. It's just a natural progression uh, into a new season. So where do tables fit into the life of our church? What does that look like? Well, for us, they're the place that we build smaller and tighter community. We can have great moments in our service. We can have great moments when we head to the cafe. We had a different opportunity to gather having dinner this evening. But where we can build tighter community and and support networks for each other is when we can gather in smaller groups together. It's strengthened what often starts on a Sunday or on a weekend, Saturday evening this this time, and learning to be Christ-like together. Doing the walk, doing discipling each other, and, and sharing and learning and learning to follow Christ. Some people might get invited to a table first. It's not always uh, linear. We had good discussion on that. So some people might turn up to a table or what was a dinner party, but more often they attend a Sunday service and then we try and find a connection and a place for them to find their fit and their people that they can then build community with. So that's kind of the place and, and where we see people's journey fitting with tables. There are three key foundations believe for tables that we want to share uh, share this evening. Tables are about every person having a place. so the whole point of having communion in the first half is uh talking about Jesus made a place for everybody. so our tables we want to take jesus' table. And how can we represent that in our community in the eastern suburbs of Adelaide, Norwood, and the surrounding suburbs? We want to make sure everyone has a place. They have an invitation. They, they know, uh, as we've learned in communion, by grace, everyone has a seat at Jesus' table. That's you, me, everybody that walks through our door. Everybody that we know has a place and a table. There is an opportunity for them. And our heart is that every person has a space and knows a table that is is theirs. It's not often always practical. For some people, uh, it might not be the way things spin out, but that's our heart, that we would ultimately love everyone to have a table to call their own. At the very least, that everybody knows that there is a place at a table for them. Secondly, tables are where hospitality opens up for deeper connection our tables always start or revolve around food that's why we started with dinner this evening not just to go feed the kids but (laughs) food is important when we when we gather at tables the smaller nature of a table gathering think of gathering for dinner or gathering for coffee and having coffee and an afternoon tea with somebody or for supper or a dessert. The, the smaller nature of gathering at a table allows true supporting relationships to be developed. Sometimes that looks like iron sharpening iron, people rubbing up against each other, but that's how we grow in maturity and and learn to be Christ-like. Now, if you come to church but haven't been attending a small gathering like a dinner party or a narrow table, please do consider it and hear our hearts shared before if you don't attend one and you feel like you're lonely or don't have deep relationships in church this this is where it's at that might be the key it might be the missing piece to to find your place and your people tables gathering outside of the week the the weekend service might feel inconvenient maybe there's a little bit of effort in bringing some food might be hard work having to talk to Joe. There's no Joe in our church. Might be hard work having to talk to Joe Bloggs, just to make it very generic. <laughs> Might be hard work. But if you want and feel like you're missing true relationships, long lasting relationships, deep relationships, often it requires effort, hard work, and being open as well. Out of these deep relationships, needs are then understood, and we can care for one another in a much more specific way. And that is the way we do care Yeah, at C3 Lord. It isn't about our pastors, these two wonderful people, caring for everybody in this room and everybody who had other plans uh, this evening and wasn't able to make it. The way we do care is our people care for our people, and that comes through our tables. So tables about every person having a place and where hospitality opens up deeper connection and care for each other. And finally, the plural tables also represents the variety of families and hosts in our community. That will build over time. But each table we have is different. There's not an exact formula. That's part of the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago. It's not an exact formula. It's not an exact location. We're not following an exact format because each table might have different generations or demographics. It has its own flavour, but the goals are the same, that we grow together to follow Jesus and to support each other. Tables also does cover and speak around gathering in any location where there is hospitality. It could be a house, could be in a cafe, a restaurant or... A variety of other situations, but whenever there's hospitality, there tends to be a table involved. Even if there's finger food, there's usually tables for the drinks and and the plates and the, and the little bowls that we have this evening. So now I'm going to invite Carmen up just to as we round this off and what tables are looking like for this year, just to share uh, who those tables are, some details.
1: Related to this, as, as Chris and Vicky shared a couple of weeks back, we'll be restarting monthly prayer, who's very excited about that, monthly prayer gatherings, gathering to pray in the odd weeks between tables, and we're going to be introducing, of course, Gather to Learn, a dedicated place for those keen to deep deep dive into the Bible, which is also really exciting. And this will work... Um, through well structured content, uh, on the other odd week between tables. So, and and both gather to learn and gather to pray will be on a Tuesday, so making a different night available as well.
0: Maybe for the visual people, week one and weeks three tables, week two prayer, week four uh, gather to learn, yeah.
1: gather to pray, gather to learn. <laughs>
0: About, does that does that help?
1: It's so, really no, good. I mean, I might have said that. No, and you get it. we'll hear more next week and we'll be starting with Gather to Pray on Tuesday the 27th of February. Amazing. And if you are uh, on team or you have a login for Elvanto uh, in our community section, you can subscribe to our church calendar and have it auto-update in your phone. And Nathan can help set that up for you. So we've we've, we've determined ourselves this year to make that Elvante calendar up to date. Yep. So, yeah, so it's, for those it's who
0: something only a few people have kind of really known or tapped into, but it's it's there and available. It's there. So once you're logged in, the yeah. calendar there's an iCal or subscribe button.
1: Bailey's yeah, loving it. It's brilliant.
0: If you if you love a good web calendar sub, web calendar subscription. Uh, you can get it all there.
1: And that's not to say ta- tables won't have discussion and prayer because they will, but the style and content of tables will adapt throughout the year, yes. and it means that you can have those extended, longer, deeper prayer times, learning times outside of the home yeah. gathering. So that's...
0: Ultimately, taking the burden or expectation yeah. of having to be a teacher and carry the yeah. weight of... Uh, such things off the off
1: and that the team. that that leads to our next point that we are we're changing the name of the crew, so the people leading um a home gathering to hosts this we feel like there's a very complementary nature uh of tables and in being in houses, but it can also as Nathan said apply to any gathering with an organizer as the host, so it it's looking out for all the interests. Of everyone in attendance, so we feel like that fits beautifully um, and we will be starting off the year with three tables uh, the Paynham table, beautifully hosted by the Britons and the Hoopers. Thank you so much. Our wonderful family friendly table uh, hosted by the Skinners and the junior matthews i 'm um, just reading the notes i'm like I would have read that way, but it's all right. Um, and the Professionals, a.k.a. the Youngish Table. That's the name we came to for now. Hilarious.
0: Uh, I, I called it the Professionals Table because I knew the title in the calendar.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Ash came back and said Youngish.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not quite young. It's a bit older than Young Adults, but it might include some young adults. So
1: young, and we're excited uh, to have Jord and Ash together with Jess Charlton hosting that night.
0: Key key point about that one, which might get a lot of people going, is a, most of their table thing is going to be dessert. So rather than a dinner thing, yeah. know, it's going to be centred around dessert with maybe a change-up to a dinner.
1: Well, very exciting.
0: Maybe we'll call it the sweet tooth dinner party.
1: Yeah. It's something a table. It's all right. have habits die hard. They yeah. do.
0: So you next week at (laughs)
1: Cell (laughs) Group. And in the near future, uh, we will be, Mason and I will be hosting a table in Ross Trevor as the need arises. So that's very exciting. Uh, And again, just our tables will occur fortnightly starting this week with the exception, of course, of the family friendly table, which will be starting on the 3rd of March on the Sunday. So that's very exciting. I feel I feel a bit bad, George, asking you to come up and, and uh and play when we're one of the people I want to pray for, but that's all right. He's used to wearing multiple hats. If if you are a host, could you please stand? We want to pray for you and and consecrate God. this year.
0: Ash and Ben at the back.
1: Yeah. Who's in the middle. If you're if you're standing near if you're sitting near someone who's standing, why don't you reach out your hand to them? Lord, we, God, we thank you. We thank you so much for these amazing servants of yours who have put up their hand to host, to act on your behalf, to make people feel welcome and loved. Anyone can have a seat at their table, God. We thank you, Lord, as they open up their homes and their hearts, that, Lord, you bless them. And Matthew, you promised us that as we serve you, you will take care of us. And I thank you, Lord, you are taking care of things for our hosts this year. As they are so generous, you will be generous towards them, God. And, Lord, we pray and thank you for all our tables God that they will be filled to overflowing this year that there will be new guests at the table new faces Lord that there will be growth that Lord we will help each other through thick and thin God reminding each other that you are good and you can be trusted and that everything will work together Thank you, God, that at these tables there will be vulnerability, connection, prayer, love, support, peace, patience, kindness. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to gather around a table in 2024. And we thank you for these hosts who have put up their hand to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.